This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, Spoilers Endgame! Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome, everyone, to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and this week, my friends Chris and Eric, are we're going to do a spoiler-filled review of Avengers Endgame. So, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, uh, well, you're in the minority, because, like, everyone went and saw it this weekend. But, anyway about it, if you, if you don't want to get spoiled on Avengers Endgame, why don't you listen to this particular episode... After you go see it, because we're going to spoil the hell out of it. In the meantime, you can find all of the past episodes of the Magnificently Huge podcast at our website. That's maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. There's all kinds of good Marvel-related episodes there, so go check those out. And uh, also on that site, you can find ways to contact us. You'll find links to our Twitter feed. We are at MagHuge. You'll find links to our Facebook, where we're the Magnificently Huge Podcast. You'll find links to our Instagram, where we're MagHuge. And you'll find a link to email us, MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. A quick note about this episode. Uh, We recorded this originally on the first Sunday of the movie being out. And we lost Eric's file. It just didn't save, uh, blew up the whole episode, and that's why we didn't have an episode last week. Uh, This week, we went back to record a new episode about Endgame, and we lost the first five minutes of Eric's audio. So, sorry about that. Uh, Eric will be missing for the first few minutes, but then he'll be in and uh, join us for the rest of the show. So, all right, given that, let's do this thing! So, welcome to the Magnificently Technical Difficulties podcast. Yeah, no shit. Because when we recorded the last one that got thanos I had just seen it, and so I think I was riding the high, and I'm not riding as much of a high this week. So, Ooh, it's going to be interesting okay. to get into uh, that. And I have seen it a second time. So, yeah, spoilers. Yeah. Here's your spoiler warning, everybody. This shit is spoiled! Uh, we're gonna do Endgame uh, as quickly as we can. Uh, Chris, you wanted to do a brief, a brief uh, plot recap. Uh, so yeah, this is what the twenty-second Marvel movie in this new iteration, which they are yep. now retconning as the Infinity Saga. Uh, and basically, it's sure. through the course of these twenty-one other movies, including the Avengers team-ups, they've all been looking for these things called Infinity Stones which is when the universe was created, boom, these elemental stones appeared and they all have magical qualities that control like time and reality. I would, I would just like to point out that Chris is not actually summarizing anything that happens in Avengers Endgame <laughs> I'm le- so far. I'm leading up to it. <laughs> and so that's sort of the flow through. And so by Infinity War, which is the previous Avengers movie, Thanos, the big bad, gets a hold of all of them and he can basically wipe out half the population of the universe, which he does. And then this is all about them fixing it. And so... That's where we are with this. That's the start. Right. And then it picks right up, and then they develop a plan, and they go kill Thanos, and then everything's good, except that it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland where everybody is dead. And then they have to put the pieces back yeah, together. Yeah, they kill Thanos, and so what? Right? Yeah. So and then it's kind of five a, years pass, and they're all depressed. Yeah, like extreme <laughs> post-traumatic stress disorder. So Black Widow is sort of running the show for the Avengers now. Uh, Tony Stark has just decided that he's going to sit in the country with his uh, wife and kid and Captain America like runs a support group or something. That's pretty much where we are, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A very, a very empty support group considering <laughs> he's so famous. <laughs> well, you know, half, and, half yeah, the population like is people. gone. So you kind of figure the numbers are going to be slim. But that was like an AA meeting. Yeah. I mean, there were chairs on the table because nobody had showed <laughs> yeah. up. So the gist is that the beginning of Endgame is kind of a downer because uh, Thor cuts off Thanos' head and then Thor just 
loses his shit. He basically is empty now because he's got nothing else. Uh, he's lost <laughs> everything. So he's gone. Uh, Rhodey is tracking down Clint, a.k.a. Hawkeye, because he's lost everything. Because the whole thing... And he's turned into Rhodey. <laughs> yeah, because he lost his family at a picnic, and now he's just mad. So yeah. uh, I think that's pretty much where everybody is. Uh, oh, Hulk has gone into full Banner Hulk, which is he's never turning into one or the other. He just he's he's the Hulk with glasses and sounds like Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, so he's not as smart as Banner. He's not as strong as Hulk, but put him together, and you've got Banner Hulk. And he's got those same dull, boring uh, tones <laughs> of Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, the, the Ruffalo hey, tones. Hey, I'm Hulk. How's it going? Hey. Yeah. No, I don't like to throw things. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but again, I I was really jazzed. He's like Hulk Squish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was really jazzed by the whole thing when I saw it, but now that I've had a week to sort of digest it and think about all of the holes in the movie, I'm kind of like, eh, okay, whatever. Uh, yeah. But I know you, so, you saw mean, it again, The holes Brian, come right? from it, the fact that it's, it's a time travel movie, yeah, right? Yeah. So eventually Ant-Man comes back and they figure out how to go into the quantum realm and then they back to the future, the whole thing, and go into the old movies, collect the Infinity Stones, have a big battle, and eventually the good guys win. Um, and then we wrap up some characters. I like when they were setting up the plan, too. It was Ant-Man sort of saying, yeah, let's do a time heist. And then Hulk Banner is explaining how you can't change the present by altering the past through some gobbledygookity uh, tech-speak junk. And then they have... I, I thought it actually made more sense than most... Well, one, I thought that doing any kind of time travel thing was a cheat. Yeah. But he, he explained the real deal, which is you're not changing anything about your... Pre- you're just sort of changing your own future. Well, yeah. And it's they set it up well as as a sort of a a regurgitation for the, the stupid people. When Banner's talking to the master... Tilda Swinton, and then she starts explaining all of Doc Brown from Back to the Future 2 about how you get alternate timelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're right, Brian. They really did Back to the Future 2 the shit out of this thing. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> well, but, but here's the thing, right? They actually kind of talk smack about every other time travel movie, yeah. including Hot Tub Time Machine. Like, they call them out by name, and they're like, time travel doesn't work like that. We're going to have a more consistent uh, time travel story where none of the stuff that came before is actually undone not so much that as we're bringing things into the future that that would not have been there had we not done time travel yeah. i think that's an old screenwriting trope that when you have a hole in your plot that you can't fill you go look at that big goddamn hole <laughs> so you point out the hole and then right, move then, on yeah <laughs> okay well job well done uh, <laughs> it, it's actually tighter than i thought it was after the first viewing when i watched it the second time i was looking for some of the things i complained about in our uh non-existent recording and it, it actually is better than i thought it was there well did do you feel like the captain america arc pays off having an idea now of what the ending is like, do you think it's a cheat? Do you think they just screwed him over? Let's talk about character arcs in general, because, yeah, this is this is basically, we said uh, last time, this is a sequel to 20, 21 other movies, mm-hmm. and it and it does function as such. Yeah, I got a lot of balls in the air. So, yeah, Captain America's arc. Um, Captain America's basic arc is um, he finally, after, um, first of all, Captain America gets the the biggest awesome time moment in the whole movie uh during the giant climactic battle with the uh forces of thanos uh captain america summons and is able to wield mjolnir the hammer uh from the thor movies because he's finally worthy because he's worthy yeah and that kicks all kinds of ass because he starts swearing he starts loosening up a man he starts loosening up that's why he's worthy he has he, he he starts out as an innocent he loses his innocence in uh winter soldier he, you know, goes rogue in Civil War, and he doesn't really change himself. He just learns the world is a lot meaner than he thought it was. Yeah. Well, it's and I liked in this movie how when he faces off with the younger self, he's just 
Yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favorite. He's, like, he's like battle hardened. <laughs> that's one of my favorite moments, too. He's like, I could do this all day, says young Captain America. He's like, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. like he's just resigned to it. He's like, what an <laughs> asshole. It's that kind of embarrassment when you look at, you know, yourself from years ago on video and you go, oh, that's yeah. me. Really? I, I, that was me? Yeah. But then you get yeah. the whole uh, talking about his ass in the suit thing. That's America's ass. Uh, so you, I, I liked it when they did the time heist because you get those alternate splits of reality and then you can kind of step away from it. And then that gives them an opportunity to see like the, the core group, uh, at what was con- arguably their Acme, which was the first Avengers. Cause the second Avengers was not any fun. And then that bugged me. Yeah. Honestly, that's the part of this movie that bugged me was we have to return to the highlights of the other movies. <laughs> and the problem with any, the reason doing time travel is always a cheat is there's nothing stopping you except circumstances. Yeah. Like what Thanos has like a time stone in the, you know, why isn't he there every time? Yeah. You know, like w- w- they, he Wait, should be. Are you saying back to the future is bullshit? <laughs> You're calling uh, bullshit. Look at that hole. <laughs> it's just boring. It's not even a hole. It's just, yeah. Oh yeah. That's well, right. They're going to go back and yeah. Well, I was on board. I thought it was kind of fun because uh, they've been playing the shit out of these other Marvel movies on cable all week. Uh, and so Avengers one has been on like 500 times. And so I would just tune in every now and then. And I tuned in when they do the first meetup battle, when they first, when Thor runs off with Loki and then Iron Man and Cap right. go after him. And I like that they sort of did a, a twist on that uh, opening fight from Avengers one in this one where they're fighting, their three of them are fighting Thanos as a team. And so I thought that was kind of a fun bookend. So that's, I think where they were kind of coming from is like, well, let's take all of these loose ends that we started with because the whole Avengers journey has just been, uh, we're kind of a team. We don't really know each other. Oh wait, we're, we're splitting up because everybody hates everybody. And then this is about them coming together for something more. So I think they had fun with that, but Cap's arc, I feel like he got just sort of shoehorned into something that really over the course of the other 21 movies is not Captain America. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, but, but here's he, the, thing, the thing, right? He like, gave uh, in every one of these movies, he gave, right? And he kept giving, right. he gave up everything. And in the end he said, eh, it's time for me. Yeah. And I, I, I like that ending. I like that his, his trophy is basically living a life. Yeah. But yeah, he finally stops being selfless and, gets for himself and turns into Joe Biden and gets <laughs> but he, he looks dressed yeah, like Joe Biden. It's I creepy. thought the same thing. But the thing with that story but, ending though is that that if by him going back and marrying Peggy in nineteen forty five or whatever, that following the rules of this time travel scheme that they've got rolling, that means that he's set up to just let Bucky die. He's set up to marry Peggy instead of whoever Pe- Peggy marries in the future. So all of those kids that she has gone so he basically just sets up a, a sequence of events where he's letting a whole other series of people die That's and he doesn't not care. really like both things apparently happen as far as i can tell the rules of this time travel um universe is whenever someone travels through time they basically create a duplicate of themselves so there's like a loop there there's a whole timeline where all the things that already happened happened and then Cap goes back in time, and in parallel to all those things that happened in the past, Cap and Peggy also have a life. So there's like two Caps and, and two Peggies can, okay. at that point. I and guess. you can learn all of that in this this fall in ABC's Adventures of Captain Mr. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't think it won't happen, folks. Where we, uh, we, we go with the Captain and Peggy and their yeah. zany adventures. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole something else going on there we don't need to know. He but used to be a super soldier. Now he's a dad of five kids. I think that's what it means when you say that, you know, we have to take it at face value. These things are you know mythology yeah you know i don't think we can judge that stuff too closely i i would say the thing i like the most about this movie is that it treated them like archetypes and we got an archetype journey well you know? yeah and i do like that they wrapped up the six original avengers storylines pretty well for the most part yeah. well just to put a capper on on captain america he he takes so much for himself. He don't even talk about it when he come. You know when old man Cap is talking to Falcon. Yeah, but he does hand off the shield to Falcon, and that to, to make me. Falcon into Captain America. That bugged me too <laughs> yeah, because and it should. 
because he's not a super soldier. He's had no super right. soldier serum. So Captain America is sending this guy off to his death. <laughs> yeah, basically. He's supposed to hand it off to Bucky, who does have super soldier serum going on and can survive all that. But yeah. you think a normal human holding that shield is going to have, you know, a Thanos chopping away at him with that blade yeah. and not get killed? Because let's, <laughs> let's be real. I mean, Captain America, through the course of this series, has taken a lot of punishment. A lot of punishment. I mean, it's just incredible what a punching bag this guy is. And yeah, the idea of hand, like just by handing a shield over to Sam, going, oh, you're not Falcon anymore, you're Captain America. Woo! Mm. It's like, you're dead. You're dead. So, yeah. <laughs> Looking forward yeah, to that. You're now the token well. Black not Avenger and well. you're gonna die. Yeah. But in that, okay. I guess that's why they're pairing him <laughs> up with Winter Soldier in whatever this Disney Plus series is gonna be. Uh, Falcon yep. and Winter Soldier. Uh, so we'll see. All right, so we're talking arcs. Let's talk about Professor Hulk. Let's do that. Because when I saw that, I thought Eric was... I Having heard Eric go off about <laughs> Ruffalo in the past, I'm like, Eric is going to fucking hate yeah. Hulk in this movie. The aneurysm heard round the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wanted actual Hulk. I didn't want, you know, like, like, you know what, you know what Hulk is missing in these movies is sort of smarminess and depression. Let's, let's give him some, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Let's, well, well, they, like in in Thor Ragnarok, you kind of get a hint of that. He's, he's sort of like emo Hulk almost, Yeah, you know, he's just brooding and grim and just wants to tear the shit out of everything. But then he finds his heart. But I think that sets up this where he finally makes peace. Uh, yeah. and becomes Banner Hulk, which I guess is the compromise, because you can't be one or the other, but let's be both, but lose mm. the best parts of each. I don't know. Except the whole point of Hulk is that, you know, he's all it and just, you know, destroys shit. That's why he was so great in the first Avengers movie. Yeah. He gets the command to smash, and goddammit, he does. And there's a scene where they're back in, in the first Avengers movie, and they point out how much lamer it is. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, yeah. He's like, right? But you see Hulk smashing and, and breaking shit, and then he's like, oh, "I'm not feeling it." Yeah, eh, uh, smash. Uh, <laughs> 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 say you gotta you gotta smash stuff like he does, so they think it's you. Okay, but I think it's gratuitous. That I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah, they had yeah they had some good uh, good introductions. And they had some fun with it, so I did enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, but yeah, overall, I but I it, think it is an arc, yeah. right? It's it's he's made peace with the Hulk and he's integrated himself and so he's he's got a complete character arc yeah, whether yeah. you like where it ends up or not. But looking back on it, you think of all the times that he didn't want to come out because well, like in in Infinity War where he's not in the movie at all because supposedly I guess because Thanos kicked his ass. But in Thor Ragnarok, Thor beat the shit out of him. I mean, it's just you know uh, the the logic of his not wanting to come out. They don't really explain it well enough from my thinking because it's just eh. also his making peace is basically just i'll be big and green but intellectually i'm in charge yeah so it is still a very slave master kind of relationship <laughs> these two yeah have. would you say it's very jekyll and hyde almost mm. Mm. Hey, god <laughs> so you mentioned thor ragnarok yeah do you want to do thor's uh arc i thought thor's arc to me is the most compelling even above tony stark's because uh, Thor is a jackass when we first meet him. Uh, he's sort of this, you know, princely, stupendously heroic dude that's just kind of a doucher. Uh, and then he basically learns humility by having everything stripped from him, and he has to kind of figure out his own path. And then from that point on, you kind of see the evolution of Thor. Uh, but by Thor Ragnarok and the end, he's lost everything. I mean, just everything in his life that's important to him uh you know family his eye his hammer his planet i mean just everything and so that's why the payoff is kind of fun for me in endgame because he finally got thanos and took his vengeance and then realizes that it's just a hollow victory and now he's carrying around everything and he just loses it yeah, he's carrying it around in his gut. He's dad bod Thor. <laughs> yeah. And now, thanks to Waititi, he's going to be a, a comedic figure. That's that's why teaming him with the Guardians at the end makes sense. Because it's like, you know what? We can get more mileage out of Thor making him funny. Yeah. 
I think I think that was the deal with with what they did with Thor, right? They they thought they were going to just do Thor Ragnarok and then this movie and then Hemsworth was done, but Thor yeah. Ragnarok was awesome. Yeah. And he's like, I want to keep yeah. playing this character. Have some fun and with it. I, but I don't want to hit the gym as much as I do, so can <laughs> can I like lose the physique yeah. a little bit and then we can keep making these movies? Well, just the fact that when with you, the Asgardians of the galaxy, yeah, when they when they jump ahead the 5 years and then they finally catch up with them in new Asgard. Uh and Valkyrie's there, and he's like living with Korg and Meek. And I was happy to see Korg again. Yeah, Korg and Meek. Korg and Meek. And they're playing video <laughs> games. I mean, it's just it, it's funny. Uh, but I don't think it's a cheap laugh. I've heard, I've read things online in the last week where people are complaining that it's some sort of fat shaming thing because they basically put Thor in a fat suit and then they made him Big Lebowski, and uh, people were sort of complaining that it sort of turns that into the butt of a joke. But I think it's just, if you look at it in the full realm of his character and how much he's endured, it makes perfect sense that after everything, he's just going to say, fuck it. He's going to sit on the couch and just drink beer and eat shit for five years and not exercise. I mean, it just, to me, it makes sense. I don't think it's a cheap laugh. I think it's just an extension of what he's gone through. It's fat shaming if after that he was like, "Uh uh, uh-oh, the world's in trouble again. I better get abs. Yeah. And you know, they, and, no, no, no. He's still fat through <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, and I appreciated that. He's stuffed into that stupid suit. Yeah. Uh, but all I can, <laughs> I, yeah, but all I can think now, of with him is just Big Lebowski and like just hearing that la, 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 la. And Brian, I think you had brought up so, on our first go that where was Gary? Where was Gary, man? Yeah, where was Gary? <laughs> Damn so it. In, the, in the special features of Thor Ragnarok, there's a whole thing with Thor being roommates with a guy named Gary. And I really don't see why they didn't stick Gary in that apartment playing Fortnite with Corbin uh, Meek. Maybe because they don't, they, don't recognize, opportunity. they don't recognize the TV MCU, I guess. I don't know. And it's not like Thor wasn't about cramming in the cameos, right? Like Thor's arc in this movie is basically, I have to go deal with Thor the Dark World. Yeah. And so he goes back and we get, I mean, it's not really new footage. We get Natalie Portman back in the MCU through old footage. And we also bring back Renee Russo, of all people. Yeah. Um, and, and might I add that I forgot until I reread it that her character's name is Frigga. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a dumb name, but okay. Yes. Uh, but yeah, when the they go to Thor Dark fridged. World. Yeah. <laughs> But they go to they go to Thor Dark World, um, which is like arguably the the second worst uh, of the whole Marvel Enterprise by most reckonings. So it was a weird choice, but I guess they got to get the ether. Yeah, but I like it. Um, there was there was a woman who wrote an article on Jezebel dot com who was happy to see that Frigga was given some agency in how she gets killed soon, and, and that. She knows that she's being offered the information to prevent her own death, and she turns it down yeah. in this movie. So that that was, uh, I guess, a relief to some folks. So good on yeah. you, MCU. I like the moment where they say, you know, Natalie Portman used to be in these. <laughs> Let's put a footage in her. Let's just get some stock footage of Natalie Portman yeah. asleep, yeah, and then we we'll give her screen credit. Because she's pretty awesome. Yeah. So Yeah. But, okay, so Thor's going to go on to the Asgardians, and then uh, that'll be fun. Is he going to be in Guardians yeah. 3? Yes. Yes. Okay. Seems like he has to yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. So then we get, uh, you want to do Clint? Yeah, let's, let's do, do Ronan Let's do Hawkeye. Ronan Hawkeye, uh, who in the entire series has pretty much been the biggest joke of a, an Avenger. It's like, yeah, I'm the guy that shoots arrows. I mean, that's but literally. He was always one of my favorite Avengers in the comics. And I, I thought he got short shrift because there's not a whole lot of effects stuff you have to do with yeah. a, a really good archer. Yeah. And the fact that in every Avengers movie, he runs out of arrows. Have you noticed this? Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, your, your power is arrows and they are finite. So it's not really a power. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, Eric, you had, you had an interesting story about the opening of the movie, which centers on Hawkeye and his family. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I went to the wrong movie theater. I normally go to this really nice theater uh, um, that, that has seats that are, are, are reclining, and it's wonderful. And this time I, I got tickets for the wrong theater, so I went to like a shed hole, and it was chock-a-block full with people. And I'm stuck sitting next to this woman who doesn't know how to watch movies correctly. Because every time something happens, she goes, oh, that's Thanos. Oh, no, the kids. She's like, she's like 
Lady, I'm watching the movie too. <laughs> there's, okay, there's like I a, see that. Uh, <laughs> there's like a class of people who cannot mentally process information that doesn't come out of their own mouth. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why you always get the people in the theater going, "Oh, you in trouble, girl?" It's like that kind of yeah. thing. It's like, shut yeah, up. No, this is one level stupider. <laughs> like she can't. I don't know. It's like it's like they're trained from Blues Clues and Dora the Explorer, or whatever. It's just like you know, what do you see on the screen? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a pencil. I just like the th- a lot of you know. It's like they can't fucking like they never grew beyond age. I three. like to think of Eric just turning and going. You understand that this is a movie and they can't fucking hear you. That's what I want to see Eric do. I know that there's always like a lot of a lot of really eh, annoying jokes about African Americans in movies making noise, and that's not a true thing. That makes a movie better when somebody's like, <laughs> yeah. get the fuck out of there. She has a knife. That's like the best. But when somebody is there like recanting stuff, it it's just so hollow and yeah. awful. Um, oh, he's sad. So I, I had yeah, my headphones you. in my pocket and I ended up plugging one into my ear. The one that was you know next to her to, to block her out. And at one point told her, oh, no, it's OK. You can keep talking. I have something in my ear now. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I don't uh, think that's I still heard her through my other yeah. ear so she she was just and of course she was alone you know I think maybe that was the point yeah mm. anyway uh, yeah, yeah during the Clint opening episode <laughs> by the way um, thank you for sharing your journey Eric yeah what what else am I gonna do here everyone else has seen the dumb movie I, I think so far <laughs> I've enjoyed your arc the most <laughs> you know ironically so have I. yes uh so yeah so clint starts the movie Clint's, he's not he in starts movies arching with his his kids and they're they're picnicking and they're it's like they've p- pulled out all the stops for something really bad to happen uh and 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 then the the kids disappear and the family disappears and he's walking around like huh what <laughs> where are I, you I, this would have been a better day to be watching CNN to see what's going on in Wakanda right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, here on this planet where it's always daylight at the same time. I mean, they're in <laughs> Africa and it's daylight. They're here. It's daylight in Wasp and Ant-Man. It's daylight. It's like, come on, guys, get get a clock. Yeah, anyway, well. <laughs> the family disappears and she starts going, oh, no. And like, even before it happens, she's like, oh, no. And then the kids start disappearing. Oh, no. <laughs> just like, and have so, you not seen the fucking trailer for this thing? Good Lord, lady. As as this is happening, I just start gut laughing. I just start laughing my <laughs> balls off as to, to say, <laughs> like, like, just. You know, like, like, oh, like De Niro in Cape Fear. I'm just like doing the, I oh, think God. this is great. Ha, ah, fuck you. Um, Counselor. But it didn't work. She, she didn't shut up. Well, anyway, there you that go. was my, yeah. Yeah. So, so Hawk. Anyway, so, he turns into Ronan. Yeah. And he's kicking ass in Japan. And that's actually an interesting movie in and of itself that doesn't last, which yeah. is a shame. I wanted a whole movie of that. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. Give me a Ronan film. That would be good. Yeah. So Eric Reed, laughing out at the people's pain and enjoying violence <laughs> yeah. since well, since forever. Yeah. Well, let's remember yes. make believe people. Yeah. That's the other thing. Why is everyone going, Oh no, the fake family that doesn't exist just disappeared? Yeah. It's like, it's like man. Lady. <laughs> uh so yeah, so they finally get Clint back into the fold and then don't really give him much to do. Uh, yeah, his has maybe the least satisfying conclusion. Yeah, it's in like that he he like goes he he goes commando and just starts killing bad guys, and then at the end it's like, or I could just go back with my restored family. Yeah. never mind. Well, and his and uh, Black Widow's storylines are kind of intertwined, which tends to happen, I guess, in every one of these Avengers movies, if uh, if memory serves. And so they always make the same stupid joke about Budapest, which is just tired by now. And yeah. if the Black Widow movie that's in production doesn't actually go to Budapest, we'll all be shocked. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, yeah, and that's gonna happen. Yeah, they'll do it poorly. But, yeah, it'll be it'll be like Solo doing the Castle Run or whatever. Yeah. Right. It's like yeah, right. Come on, yeah. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, so the basic gist of their mission is they got to go to Vormir, where Red Skull is with the Soul Stone. Uh, which in in Infinity War, Thanos showed up with Gamora and basically threw her off the cliff because she was the one thing that he loved and you have to sacrifice that. And so 
on Vormir, luckily, two more people show up where one of them has to die in order to gain the stone for the other. And that's my question is, uh, what if one person shows up? How does that work? Yeah. I mean, it just it, logically, they don't really set it up. It just sort of happens magically that yeah. this is the, the dynamic and it's irritating to me. It, in our previous recording, we were joking that there should be like a queue. There should be like a line <laughs> yeah, of people yeah. who want the soul stone. Oh. And one of them, you know, hey, nope, you don't bring your loved ones. Yeah. So uh, you're out of luck. And somebody else like tries to kill everybody he's with. Yeah. And none of them were the ones he loves. So he's out of luck. Yeah. You know, All I've got like, is this bag of jerky. Do you love that bag yeah. of jerky more than anything? Well, I do right now. <laughs> I guess more than anything within arm's reach. Yeah. yeah. So I see the Red Skull like like manipulating that guy. He's like, yeah, I would love some jerky. <laughs> do you have some jerky? Actually, it would have that that would have been wonderful if they show up in the big at at the thing and no Red Skull's not there, and then he sort of walks up with a Starbucks like, oh oh sorry wait yeah okay hold on hold on hold on let me put on this thing okay. Uh, well, I also need love the sacrifice. The, I also love the Red Skull should be manipulating people like to just get stuff. Oh, you want the Soul yeah. Stone? You have to give me jerky. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> and I love the fact that they always show up on Vermeer through these magic portals or whatever, uh, but they don't ever show up on top of the goddamn mountain. They've always got to start at the base and then hike their way up for like four hours so that they're just irritated by the time they well, get up yeah, there. Yeah, that's, that's like the line of Disneyland. That's <laughs> Basically. The line the Soul Stone, oh, you know? <laughs> if you're here, it's 90 minutes to the Soul Stone. That'd be awesome. Yeah, the know? next ride at Disney World is the Soul Stone. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the, and you just queue for four hours and then have to throw your kid off the top. That would be awesome. Yes, there you Actually, go. Yeah, and we we need we need in the uh, DVD extras the cutscene in between the sacrifice and waking up in like I don't know that pool or whatever where they wake up with the soul stone. Yeah, the the scene in between with Red Skull going. <laughs> <laughs> they fell for it again. Yeah. It doesn't need a sacrifice. Oh. It's a dumb, stupid stone. Good oh, that doesn't get old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, long story short, uh, Black Widow ends up taking the hit, and she sacrifices herself so that Clint can take the Soul Stone back. And then, which of our two poorly formed characters are going to die? <laughs> really? Which of the two mortals? Uh, yeah. get to die and so, so which, which are the two that we've never cared about yeah. you know it's like and then that and that's it so she's not back for the final battle because obviously she's dead uh but even at the end of the movie when cap supposedly puts the stones back exactly where they were uh that still doesn't bring her back because as they laid out even if you change the past you don't change the present Right. Hulk actually has a line um, at the end where he says to the other ones, like, when I snap my fingers to bring everybody else back, I really tried to bring Nat back, too, and I just can't do it, even with all six Infinity Stones. So they did kind of try and and give an in-universe reason why that wasn't going to happen. So she's gone. But I think the biggest gap that that leaves uh, is that she was always sort of the unspoken conscience of the team i guess more so than captain america even because she was always the one that was like secretly talking off to the side with each one and kind of telling them it's like well look this is your this is what you do and this is what you do and is you want this to happen no well then fucking do your thing uh so huh that's sort of a weird thing to just kill her like that but i guess it makes sense because she didn't really have anything beyond that team uh, to live for, I don't know. I always saw her as like the collective conscience because she she's a spy, and so she gets close to everyone, gets their information, and that's like in every one of the other movies where she appears, that's what she does. She gets in, you know, the inside dope. Well, I just to, to sacrifice her, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, well, I wonder if she finally got rid of all that red in her ledger. That's what I wonder. And that that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. The the ledger is is no yeah. longer in the She's red. in the black she has widow. Done something for everybody else as opposed to, you know, just being yeah. you know, flexible and doing whatever she feels like doing. Yeah. Um morally. So so I, and, I guess and that's, that's the last Avenger is Tony, right? Yeah. The the Avenger. 
as far as the most obvious uh, we all knew this was coming yeah I mean they've been setting this up since the first Iron Man and mostly because Downey's not getting any younger and what he's gonna keep playing Iron Man forever no but they give him I mean so Cap was the most selfless character doing something selfish and Tony was the most selfish character doing something selfless selfless. yeah right yeah and and as I brought up in the previous attempt at this episode uh there's that conversation with them in avengers uh where captain america just says that he would be the guy to lay down on the wire and let the other guy go through and then iron man is like well i would just cut the wire and so that sort of sets up their dynamic for the rest of the the series and in this one you kind of get a weird subtle shift in that uh where captain america learns to be a little more selfish and Iron Man learns to be selfless. So it's a weird and die and die. And it's a weird thing to pull <laughs> off, but it worked. I mean, I, I could see it coming at the big climax, but then I'm thinking, Oh, I'm like, I don't really want him to die or do I, do I want him to die? No. I mean, you get that internal conflict, but it, it makes sense the way they set it up. I didn't see the end coming. I did not see them doing that though. It makes perfect sense. And I, I really liked the way they handled it. I didn't think it was um, uh, uh, forced. Um, yeah, I think I think it's one of the few times ever Gwyneth Paltrow has really done a great job because she, she sells totally that sells death. it. Yeah, she yes. sells it. All, all, all Don Downey has to do is lay there half comatose and die. They don't even <laughs> yeah. give him like a quippy last line. No, she has to be like, "It's okay, you can rest now," and smile so that he doesn't feel bad about it. At the same time, crying. Yeah. At the same time, doing like she's doing like three or four things at once, and it's really well done. Well, and that and it's all in one take. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's amazing. Well, in yeah. that regard yeah. too, yeah. camera. In that regard too, it sort of sets up a weird. Uh, analogy it's almost like well so basically iron man was like having cancer it's like you fight this thing for your entire life and then it just consumes you until you're dead and then your loved ones have to just go no no it's okay you put up a Maybe good that's fight a meta-narrative from kevin feige about the marvel cinematic universe and that's how he feels about it it's like this cancer he can't get rid of <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you get cancer out of this i, uh, I i'm a little lost uh because it just it basically becomes all consuming uh and it's terminal at this stage by endgame and so he what just is? That's be, what being, iron being iron man, man it's like it, oh it just sort of has consumed his life to the point yeah. where there's nothing left for him to give and no matter what and he they does, have kind of used being iron man as the substitute for her the comic book character's alcoholism yeah. in these films so that that, uh, that works i can take it uh, though his alcoholism comes out of a need to control yeah and that's that's really what iron man's deal is yeah. i will the world will not be this way within the grasp of my hand and so he like does whatever he has to do to make things okay it's kind of it, it makes sense in a way that it's like okay you did it we're good you can rest now you can give it up okay so out of the but that was the other big audience pleasing moment was him I mean Thanos thinks he's got the stones and then Tony steals them and does I am Iron Man yeah yeah and the snap and that was just like a perfect last act of heroism for him to do that was yeah. that was spot on uh, so yeah in that regard it's uh, Iron Man is sort of the the glue for this entire thing because it was the first MCU movie for this whole enterprise. Uh, and so he's the first one you see, uh, he's not the last one you see, but it pretty much sets up a nice bookend. Uh, and it also is why I would be really surprised if they can do anything after this. Oh, they will. Because they will. No, no. I mean, do anything successfully after this because Captain Marvel is, you know, an interesting character, but she's overpowered. Yeah. You can't throw anything at her. She can't handle It's the DC problem with her. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So that one, you have to kind of give her a weird... Well, they can beat the shit out of Falcon as Captain America. As we've <laughs> well, we all, so. we've already determined he's going to die, so that's fine. Whatever. Uh, but I like that they... Well, they set up the end, though, with Tony Stark's funeral, and then they do that pan through the crowd, and so you see... Whereas in years past, you get sort of the ready room at the Avengers headquarters, and here's all the new heroes. Well, this is sort of them all looking on and reflecting on, I guess, what Tony meant to them. And so you get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's sort of the, the, the torch pass. And now that Thanos is gone, I guess they'll like 
fight bank robbers i mean <laughs> yeah basically like unless unless another set of you know goofy stones shows up and then it's like oh we're they're just doing this because they don't have a thanos anymore i was i was really hoping the silver surfer would show up at the end of the credits and herald the coming of galactus well I've, yeah, i but. keep reading like people wanting something like galactus or they want dr doom but you can't do doom without fantastic four and fantastic four is not it's showing coming. up so you yeah. know it's coming. They've got the rights. They're not. They didn't buy that those rights for nothing. Yeah. That's coming. So we'll see. But I, I think it's just it's weird that they ended it like this, knowing that there's still Spider-Man: Far From Home, which is technically the end of Phase Three. Yeah, so, I don't get that. So I guess that's where they're going to tell. Well, it's like they did uh, the end of Phase Two, where they did uh, Ant Man yeah, as the it, last that, that one. That doesn't make sense either. And so it's sort of that's like nonsense. a you know end with a whimper instead of a bang kind of thing i just don't get it but whatever unless they need it to set up the next shall we call it franchise yeah so we'll see but i think three hours it was a it was a long movie but it didn't feel long but again i thank brian for telling me ahead of time that there was no end credit stinger because yeah, I would have been, pissed me I would have been so mad so mad if i just sat there for 15 minutes and then got nothing so second time I went, the theater chain had put up a sign on the ticket takers podium <laughs> yeah. to tell everybody there's no end credit scene. Well, that's like, just, you know, the ushers just want to clear that theater and get on with their day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all it is. You know, you can only laugh at so many people hanging out for the end credit. That would have pissed me off if I, I I've had that job and it's like, get the fuck out of the theater. I've got work to do. Uh, you know well that's what's funny is that the mcu movies spent all that time conditioning everybody to stick around to the very end (laughs) and then they don't on the last one it's just like come on man so yeah (laughs) f you yeah Uh. (laughs) all right so does anybody do you guys have want to just go around and any other things you wanted to say about this movie squeeze them in and then let's wrap this little mini soda up i still love that the uh quantum realm suits look like the costume for captain canuck (laughs) It's true. That's true. <laughs> yes. They will that's never true. do a Captain Canuck movie. I know that. They barely have a cartoon on the CBC. Yeah. But that's the way he looked. Captain Canuck is just like Deadpool, only in that color uniform yeah. and less funny. Well, again, I like the fact that they bothered to do the the stitching of the Avengers A on every single one. It's like branded merchandise. Like, does the Avengers HQ have a, a gift shop, maybe? Can I get one of those? I think they must. <laughs> I think That's how they're going to pay like, for this. One of the Avengers is like, you know, the Avenger tailor, you know, because they, <laughs> yeah, they just have yeah, like yeah. neat suits that appear. Yeah. Unless Tony is like, I don't buy that Tony is busy creating time travel and nifty suits. Well, he, that seems like a story. Well, he didn't really create time travel. He let Jarvis slash Friday do that. That's all the heavy lifting right there. It's just like you said, yeah. it's like Tony just plugs it in and then sits around and watches holograms for two, two hours. And then, oh, I solved it. It's like, no, you didn't. Your computer did. So, so, he, so Friday's like, he yeah, boss, have- it was all you. <laughs> so, uh-huh. that means, so that means he does have the time to sit around and go, a red and white look. We'll do it like Captain Canuck and everyone will be the same. And that way we're a team yeah. through time. Uh, <laughs> this is dumb. Uh but then the fact that, uh, so then they finally, at the end for the big battle, bring back all the other tertiary Marvel characters. Yeah, well, let's talk about the big battle for a second, yeah. right? Like, that was, I think we said in the last recording, people were disappointed. There was, like, you know, gifs of, like, comparing the, the double panel comic book spread of Civil War to how the airport scene in Captain America Civil War looked. I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed with this. This no. really was yeah. that kind of scale. Yeah. Like everybody is yeah, on. There was screen. too much to look at. It was wonderful. It's that is what I will see it again for yeah. is to well, watch all the things I'm missing. Well, that and the fact my favorite, particularly being Ant Man punching one of those flying worm things. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> nice. Well, that and the fact that the Thanos' ship comes in and then suddenly the skies over New Jersey basically get blacked out and then it's it's almost like... Oh, yeah. Poor New Jersey. Yeah, it's like, New fuck, Jersey man. fucked up. So, uh, I can see Cory Booker walking around that going, who's going to clean all this up? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then so it's the big, big bad. So it's all of the Chitauri-type bullshit. Uh, CGI army that showed up at Avengers at the end, and uh, they. But it's them, and it's the bad guys from Infinity War, yeah. and you know it's like 
it's like all the bad guys yeah. and then all the good guys. And they actually even call it out. They have Doctor Strange and Wong talking to each other and Strange goes to Wong and says, was that everybody? And Wong's like, what? You wanted more? <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, and then Black Panther shows up with the Wakandan army. Uh, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's basically a Royal Rumble to end all Royal Rumbles. Yeah. Uh, There's a scene in that that bothers me, but it doesn't bother me because of the filmmakers. The filmmakers did what they felt they had to do, which is have a w- women doing it for themselves tableau moment of like all the female Avengers and spouses sort of like, you know, kicking ass on Thanos for a moment or two. Yeah. And I was like, is that necessary? And then I thought, yeah, it is because they've been mm-hmm. getting you know, like pooped on by all these women's groups for not having women moments. And so they're like, all right, we're going to give you a whole 15 seconds. Wah, and wah. it was distracting. <laughs> but it was, it was, I mean, everything just got 15 seconds in that, in that battle. Like every character, except for some reason, Hulk gets a moment in that battle yeah. and they're all very brief, but, but they're it was, awesome. It Meek was like got a the, moment. When the Chicago bears were in the Super Bowl and they gave uh, refrigerator Perry the ball. You know, it was like they did it because we're so far ahead, it doesn't matter. (laughs) And we've already done the Super Bowl shuffle. Fuck it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it was an interesting end, but it it literally just turned into this sort of same old, same old ending for me uh, overall. That kind of just the scale is so grand and they just start destroying everything that it kind of loses itself. Uh, the moments that I liked were when the th- the three main guys, Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America, all had to team up to try to beat the shit out of Thanos. Yeah, uh, I like that. And that also sells the fact that the reason that this is going on is because Thanos is not a pushover. He's just, he's almost, <laughs> well, as he says, I'm inevitable. Uh, yeah, right. So it just sort of brings that home, and then you basically have the... the the three men teaming up and then like whipping hammers and throwing shields and just wreaking havoc and still getting their asses kicked. It's like, Oh fuck. I, I, it was a throwback to me to the first Avengers when the three of them are picking up Loki and, uh, yeah. And they just, they're, they're like fighting each other because that's, there's too much ego. Yeah. I liked that this whole thing kicked off with the three of them. What's he doing? He's, he's just sitting there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Voila. The thing, the thing I loved about the end battle uh, was that it represented a the battle itself was structured as a literal passing of the gauntlet yes. from old Avengers starting with Hawkeye all the way through Black Panther and Spider-Man to ultimately Captain Marvel. Yeah. And uh, it literally so, goes through every single hand. <laughs> yeah. Can right. you be yeah. like any more literal? Passing the gauntlet. Yeah. So and I I thought it was cheeky, but but it was it it worked for me. I, and I really the other thing I wanted to call out was just there's a lot of fan service in this movie. Uh, there's payoffs for things you wouldn't expect payoffs for. There's payoffs for Spider Man's instant kill mode from from Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah, uh, where that actually comes in useful. Uh, Although they finally paid off rescue. Go ahead. I was to say the Spidey sense kind of gets short shrift in these movies, though it doesn't work very well. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, they paid off. They paid off a bunch of stuff from Thor: The Dark World. They had Tony reconciling with his dad. Yeah. Um, they brought back Robert Redford. Yeah. They had a, a good wink to the elevator scene from Captain America. Um, yeah, that was great. Yeah, that yeah, that, that surprised me. <laughs> I I was like, oh, we're gonna get to see that again. That was so badass. Yeah. They're like, nah, it's too easy. Yeah. Chris Evans got to say, yes, he got to say, hail Hydra. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, you're cool. All right, bud. It's sort of like Days of Confused. That's also a wink to the comics yeah. where there actually is a Hydra Captain America. Yeah. Going back to the, the that, that dopey bitch I had to sit next to in the movies, when he said, <laughs> hail Hydra, she actually goes, oh, no. Like he's been Hydra <laughs> the whole time. Oh, okay. I'm like, lady, I don't know what movie you're watching, but I want you to go there. Yeah. Now. Fucker. They managed to they managed to bring back um, two of the most dead characters from the last movie, <laughs> uh, Gamora and Loki, in a way that I I, it, I mean it's a time travel cheat, but I'm actually okay with how they did it because yeah. with Gamora they reset the most irritating things about the Guardian Galaxy movie, which was that she liked Peter Quill by the end of Guardians Two, and with uh, Loki 
They created another um, space stone, and there's another Tesseract, and yeah. Loki's got it, and he can go Loki it out wherever he feels like. Well, now. and we maybe see that in the, the Loki TV show. Who knows? Coming soon to Disney. I swear <laughs> we should have looked A for Loki sponsorship. Show? Yeah, that's yeah. on the books, too. Everybody's going to oh, be watching Disney be, Plus. No, no. Man. That's going to be like Loki's Forrest Gump. They're going to have Loki messing with things throughout history. <laughs> that, that actually <laughs> might be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, then you got tes- Tesseract Shrimp, Shrimp Gumbo, Shrimp Fairy. Yeah. I'm not doing drops for this mini no, so imagine imagine the Forrest <laughs> Gump drop here, audience. It's not happening. Uh, and then Cause, lastly. Because on this episode, we're going to be low-key. Oh, shut up. Oh, yeah. shut we up. got jokes. No, we don't. <laughs> Obviously, we do not. <laughs> yeah, but they're low-key jokes. Oh, shut up. Um, All right. And lastly, it's just the sort of the tertiary characters. So Captain Marvel gets short shrift. I think because we've touched on this, she is the most powerful. Yeah, so yep. would sort of negate most of it. Uh, I I want to say one thing about Captain Marvel because uh, it bugged me, and my wife gave me a, a fanboy out on this. So why did first of all there was a scene, the end credit scene in Captain Marvel, where she shows up at Avengers HQ and goes, "Where's Fury?" Yeah, that wasn't in this movie. No, and. Yeah. But that explains to me why she was able to just conveniently show up and save Tony Stark and Gamora. That move, that scene happened, and they told her, "Hey, help us with this," and she went and looking for them. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my in-universe explanation for why she conveniently shows up in the last few seconds of oxygen for Tony. That works. Yeah, movie. I didn't have a problem with that. I figured that's that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, so she she gets some time, and I guess it'll set up whatever her next adventure is until she becomes the leader of the Avengers. If they're smart, what they'll do is they won't so much reset the Avengers as reset the audience. They're going to say everyone who enjoyed the Soul Stone whatever thing we just done, had, they're done. Now we're going to start <laughs> making movies for the the kids who haven't enjoyed this, and now we have all these Avengers, and yeah. we have... You know, so we'll see. I'm hoping they stay away from team ups for a while and just yeah. do solo movies for a while. I think yeah. I think that's really where they should go. We'll see, we'll see. But uh, yeah, overall, I was super excited about this movie when I left, and then over the week, uh, the holes became a little larger, and then yeah. it wasn't as good. I mean, it's still good. It's still top tier, and the things made like 1.5 billion or something worldwide. So obviously, people enjoy it. And it's gonna continue it's to make good. money. It's fun. What it is, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. And and I think it was an acceptable end to the whole Avengers yeah. thing. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I loved it a lot more after I walked out. Yeah. That's true of most movies. Yeah. I thought Batman v Superman was pretty good coming out. Of it. <laughs> well, that's also the cough syrup. Well, there's one person who felt that way, everybody. <laughs> but, uh, but of course, the booze helps. <laughs> but I like I like that it was it started with the six original Avengers and that pretty much was the focus for this and that was sort of their deal going in. It's like this this is the the end run the end game uh, for these characters and the end of the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, of course <laughs> okay. the booze helps. And that'll do it for the magnificently huge podcast this week. Join us every week where we'll do fresh shit, which is our normal weekly segment where we talk about all of the TV shows and movies and books and podcasts and whatever video games that we're into that week that'll come back next week as well as our next topic um, if you're if you're dying for more mag huge and between now and then go to our website for old episodes that's maghuge.com m-a-g-h-u-g-e.com and as always uh, share the podcast review the podcast give us ratings on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you're getting your podcast these days. Um, you can find us on Twitter. We are at MagHuge. On Facebook, we're the Magnificently Huge Podcast. On Instagram, we are MagHuge. And you can email us, MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. All right. Thanks for joining us, true believers. We'll see you next week. Excelsior! Excelsior!